0: Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. Both Brian and Mark sent me a note about a story out of California. And this is the kind of thing that sends a chill down your spine. From abc7.com, Tony Cabrera and Lena Howland wrote this. Proposed California bill would electronically restrict cars from going over the speed limit. And uh, there's some technical issues here, but we'll talk about those. A California senator is introducing a new set of bills to make streets safer across the state including one that would change how you drive, whether you like it or not. It would require any new car or truck made or sold in California in 2027 or later to have special technology installed in the car called a speed governor. Now, that's nothing that terribly special because they had governors on vehicles for a long period of time, but this device would make it physically impossible for your vehicle to go 10 miles per hour over the posted speed limit. So, it would require your car to know what the posted speed limit is, and limit you to that plus 10. Now, here's the problem, of course, when to use the technology we got nowadays, because right now, when I look at the GPS in my infotainment center, occasionally the map does show what it thinks the speed limit is. And I think usually it might be right, but on the other hand, it also routinely tells me it can't find addresses that exist. So, wh- what happens if the car thinks the speed limit is different than what it really is? That's a problem. Now. The uh, California senator who proposed this says, I don't think it's at all an overreach, and I don't think most people would view it as an overreach. We have speed limits. I think most people support speed limits because people know that speed kills. Well, I agree that uh, most people think we should have speed limits and that speed limits are good, but is it not overreach to actually require you to pay for something to put in your car that will... And by the way, I understand it's going to be built into the car, but someone's going to pay for that. Okay? So understand that it's just another thing being added to the car to increase its cost. Another part of the measure would require large trucks to install side guards to prevent pedestrians, cyclists, or other vehicles from getting sucked underneath the truck during a crash. <laughs> now, I'm only laughing because getting sucked underneath the truck during a crash implies that that's a massive force we need to fight Um, And I do understand what they're getting at here. But to put side guards in place there, um, if they were actually designed to prevent the sucking underneath, uh, I'm not sure how expensive that would be. But, of course, you could probably put some kind of guardrails there to keep things from going underneath. But, again, the uh, senator says the bills are common-sense actions to protect public safety. Uh, I have one or two truck drivers in my audience. Guys, weigh in on that, and gals too. And by the way, I don't just correct myself be politically correct. There are women truck drivers in my audience, and I didn't want to leave them out. So a senator continued by saying, I think if you ask anyone, do people need to be driving more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit, assuming you're not an emergency vehicle, which are exempt from the bill? I think most people would say no. I don't want people driving more than 10 miles per hour over the speed limit in my neighborhood. And, and I tend to agree with that. I do tend to agree with that. Uh, but is this the correct response to that? I don't know. A woman whose mother was permanently injured while crossing the street in San Francisco says she supports the change. It's hard to stand here where she suffered, where everything changed in an instant. All she was doing was crossing the street. So was the woman hit by somebody speeding or by somebody disregarding like the crosswalk? It uh, doesn't say here. Dangerous speeding destroys lives. Speed is the number one cause of severe and fatal crashes in San Francisco and in California. And dangerous speeding is on the rise. Vehicles are bigger and more powerful every day. Pedestrians become innocent carnage and collateral damage. Meanwhile, his second bill would require Caltrans to make upgrades to crosswalks, bike lanes, and curb extensions on state-owned roads to protect pedestrians, cyclists, and those who rely on public transit. A similar bill was vetoed by the governor back in 2019 in order to give Caltrans a chance to do this work on its own. But five years later, the senator says that he still hasn't seen much progress. The bills introduced this week are expected to go to a committee sometime in the spring. California, as you probably know, does already have some uh, special rules for cars. Uh, they've had smog issues for years where a car would be built for the California market with special smog controls that the other 49 states didn't require. And uh, those are the bane of a lot of people would talk about, well, I saw this car for sale, but it was a California car, which is good on the one hand because it might not have been driven in the salt and snow of the Midwest. But on the other hand, it may have had a smogged out engine that didn't perform as well. However, they require these governors be placed on cars Uh, In California, whether they're being sold there or made there, uh, because I believe there are some cars made in California, uh, that that might pretty much cause the car companies to say, ah, screw it, let's put them on all the cars. But the other question I have, and this is a serious one, is technically speaking, do they have the technology to do this so that it's accurate? I don't want to be driving down the road one day and also have my car just drop my speed to match some new speed limit that it thinks is there. And so that's a problem. I don't know if the technology is there. And I do know, like I said, I've seen on some mapping software where it shows you what it thinks the speed limit is. And I've never double-checked that, but I know, like I said, that the mapping software already contains all kinds of mistakes. Uh, I saw an article today about uh, a mapping program that was sending people not just down a sidewalk, but down some stairs that were designed for pedestrians in their cars. Um, and so, you know, mistakes can be made and that would be my biggest concern is that you're driving along one day and the thing thinks you're in a slower speed limit than you really are. Um, and so there'll probably be some issues with that, but really the bigger problem I have is I, I understand the concept that yeah, people speeding cause problems. I understand that, but there are also all kinds of other things that cause problems too. And I don't know that this is necessarily at the top of the list that things of things that should be addressed by technological changes. Um, I'm sure you've heard that they are talking about, for instance, putting in all kinds of stuff regarding whether or not you're drunk or whether or not you're drowsy behind the wheel. And again, those are potentially federal mandates coming down the pike, as we say. And uh, I'm not sure about those either. Uh, So, you know, I do think there is a problem on the roadways of America largely based on bad drivers, bad drivers. And I see bad driving all the time. I'm sure you do too. And I think that bad driving uh, has become a bit more of a problem in most recent years. And I'm convinced that partly, partly, it's to blame because of the shift from public education, driver's education, to private driver's education. So in the state of Michigan, a few years back, it did away with most public schools teaching driver's ed. And they privatized it to where there's driving schools popping up all over the place. And I've known people whose children have gone through those programs. I've also talked to kids who went through those programs. And it's surprising the stuff they don't know. Now, I can only compare it to the driver's ed that I took that was in the Birmingham public school system in Birmingham, Michigan. And it was offered by the Birmingham Board of Education. And I uh, went to class, I'm pretty sure it was a couple weeks in the summertime. But it was like a full day, I, you know, went there bright and early in the morning. I remember riding my bike over there and locking my bike up and going inside and watching lectures and, and taking tests and then going out on the driving range. They actually had a place to drive cars around and then occasionally going out on the road and doing all that stuff. And I remember, you know, teachers up there talking and, and answering questions and explaining stuff. And And I just get the impression that nowadays the driving training is more of a thing that you just do it because it's of formality. You, you, you pay, you show up, you get the classes, you get the thing that allows you to then go in and get the permit. And I'm convinced that's part of it because it has happened in the last decade or so that you'll see that the quality of driving goes off a cliff. So I think, believe it or not, you probably get uh, better results much faster by simply... Putting the driver's education back in the curriculum of public schools. However, that would cost money. And as with many things that I talk about in this show, there comes a time when something gets taken away and privatized, so now someone's making money at it. And you can't undo that, because number one, that'll offend the people who are making money at it. But number two, when you put it back in, it's gonna cost money. See? Somehow, when they save money by removing something from the program, we don't see the savings. But when they say they got to put it back in and raise the cost again, somehow, it's like, what? (laughs) Because you know darn well that the money they saved by taking it out of the curriculum, they just immediately pour it into something else. And so it's going to come down to money, and it's unfortunate. But I'm, as you might know, a big proponent of education. I'm in favor of education. I am convinced that an education in almost anything is good for you. So you tell me that you spent the summer studying underwater basket weaving, okay, instead of just spending your summer, I don't know, laying around, okay, will you make a fortune creating baskets underwater? Probably not. Will you be able to use that in your life? Probably. On some level, you must have learned something that will help you, whether it's how to stick with something or how to study something or how to learn something. So I'm convinced that education is good. I I love education. I think education is a big thing. And, you know, whenever I see school millages pop up, I vote for them because I like to see the schools have the money to do what they need to do. But I also wish, I also wish driver's ed was back in public schools. Whether it'll ever get there, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm convinced that that's the real biggest problem that could be solved pretty quickly. Now of course we have a generation of drivers out there right now who went through this other kind of driver's ed or no driver's ed at all, because there's some people out there who go I can't afford to send my kids to driver's ed it costs money, so I'll just wait till they turn 18 and they can go do whatever they got to do to get a license, and so if there are people out there not getting driver's ed because they can't afford it, it's time to start looking at whether that's something we should be teaching kids and you know. I don't want to be the old guy shaking his fist at clouds, but on this one, I kind of am, because I'm convinced that while education is good, and I do agree that a history should be taught, and government should be taught, and languages should be taught to those who want to learn them, I also think that schools should teach practical skills. I think there should be a math segment somewhere along the line about how to balance a checkbook. Now, whether or not anybody's actually physically doing the checkbook register by hand anymore, that, that's not important. The concept of how a checkbook works and how to balance this and so on, that idea is, I think, important. And there's other life skills that they should be teaching somewhere in there, you know? And so I think that driver's ed would be one of the things that they should add back in to the schools. But again, that's just my opinion. <laughs> Will they do it? Probably not. So I got to thank Brian and Mark who both sent this to me. I was literally about to record a different video, and I got this from both Brian and Mark in five minutes, within each five minutes of each other. And I recorded this, and Brian actually said, Steve, I hope I'm not one of the hundred people who send this to you. No, Brian, you were second. You were second. Now I'll get 98 more after the video goes up. But there you go. (laughs) So right now, it's a California senator who is proposing a new set of bills that would require vehicles sold or manufactured in California starting in 2027 to have speed limiters or governors installed on them that would make the car physically incapable of going more than 10 miles per hour over the speed limit. And the biggest question I have is, besides the fact it's going to cost money and raise the price of vehicles, is how is the car going to know precisely what the speed limit is where it is with the current infrastructure? And if you're going to base it off of a mapping software, uh, I doubt it's going to be as accurate as it needs to be, but that could just be me being pessimistic. There you go. Questions your comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Experience is something you don't get until just after you need it.